Hello, I'm Ben Eagle, a podcaster, journalist, and rural communications consultant, and welcome to Rural Business Focus. This is the podcast for rural businesses and those looking to start a business in the countryside. Episodes are released each Tuesday to inspire and support you to be your very best, both personally and for your business. Please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, and if you think this episode will help someone you know, forward it on to them. It's the only way the show grows by you sharing it. So thank you for that. But now, Let's start today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of Rural Business Focus with me, Ben Eagle. Today, we're profiling the story of a relatively new business based in rural Cambridgeshire. Ben's Yard is a rural retail village just outside of Ely. Um, The village contains 10 independent shops, and there's also a cafe and restaurant, a children's play park, and a two-kilometre walk, which takes people around a newly created reed bed. I am joined by the co-founder and director of the business, Alistair Morby. Alistair, welcome to the podcast, um, and thank you so much for reaching out. Because as we were saying before, you uh, before we started recording, um, I, I did a bit of a shout out just to say if there are any businesses out there who would like to be profiled, please get in touch, and you very kindly did. Well, Ben, thank you for having me on your podcast. Actually, I'm a fan of podcasts already, so enjoy listening to them. So I thought, actually, yeah, why not? Hopefully, it's an interesting story we've just created, or in the middle of, we're six months in to the whole process of Ben Jard, you know, being open to the public. But it's been it's been a journey. Um, we'll talk about the farm in a bit, but I mean, introduce us to Ben's Yard, the business we're talking about today, first of all, in terms of what it is, uh, where the idea came from. Yeah, but I think Ben, you, you touched on a little bit, but actually, yeah, Ben's Yard is really great, a great name, just saying, by the way, as well. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic talk. I'll come to that later on, but how we got to Ben's Yard. But Ben's Yard is a rural retail village located just outside Italy, in Cambridgeshire. We have a variety of shops from interiors, ladies' fashion to electric bikes, hair, beauty, and wellness. We've kept and run the restaurant and the cafe ourselves. Um, on site, we've had an adventure playground, Model on Eve Cathedral. We have a 2K hard standing path for walks around the wetland areas and wildflower meadows. We've created on the estate in the last few years. We have an event space where we can offer large scale events such as the Ely Folk Festival to hosting smaller food and drink fairs and Christmas markets. This is a destination, it's a space that everyone has the opportunity to make their own experience from. There is something here for everyone, which we're yeah. really pleased to have created. Dare I say, was it your idea? Who's, whose idea was it? I think it sort of came through. It's, it's when we were looking, I think there's always been something inside me saying, we can do more, we can do more. And I think, you know, I, I probably a lot of your listeners will resonate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so we sit here, we sort of frustrated here with the farm. There's so much potential. You know, we're a mile outside Ely. Ely's growing. It's fantastic. We, you know, Cambridge is 10, 15 miles away. So, and Cambridge is expanding. So, you know, there is so much potential what we can do. And we knew we needed to do something. You know, we need to modernize. The farming business, you know, if we stand still, you know, and, and as farmers, what are we? We're price takers. 
So, you know, it would be nice to actually get on the other side of that and actually have some control of getting direct to the public, you know, which was really, really important to us. I came back to the family farm in 2008 and really just wanted to bring that little bit more experience in, you know, modernizing a little bit, getting to that public, you know, and go from there. But when we were really coming up with the idea, it sort of, it came from Victoria and I, we've got four children, you know, four young children. And actually, we were always looking for you know, even that Sunday morning walk, you know, those sort of things. You know, it's so nice to sort of get out morning, go, go and have a coffee, walk and take the kids into the play park. You know, and the four kids, you know, the oldest one's 13. So we've been doing it for a little while and actually what a bit of variety. And, and in the area, there wasn't a huge amount of variety. Yes, we've got nice parks and nice walks, but actually there was nowhere where you could actually do it all together. You know, Why not create and, your own? <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, where could we go and have a cup of coffee, literally have a nice walk, and then into the play park, and we've got, you know, sort of two hours, everyone's got some decent bread of fresh air. Yeah, it's really, that was the start and the concept of it, you know, of actually what can we improve as our family and what do we want as our family in the area? And the businesses in those 10 units, um, did you go to them? Did they come to you? How How did that work in terms of filling the spaces? It's a bit of both, actually, a bit of both. You know, we... We went through, after we got all the planning side of things, we went through and opened up to the public to say, this is what we got, this is what we're building. We had to pull the plug and go, right, we're going to start building. And we had two or three units uh, let out or, you know, with interest of letting out. But, you know, we were very much, this is a dirty farmyard. This is the old sort of workshop, you know, those things. And we, we took that down. When we got planning, we got two down to then build specific buildings for it because nothing quite worked. And they were not attractive. They were still framed building with a bit of yeah. You know, those things as, you know, traditional 1960s buildings, yeah. fiber cement on the sides and those things. So we wanted to get rid of them and actually and create a nice attractive area. When we came to trying to rent the units out, it was very much sort of, here's a piece of paper. We promise you it's going to look like this lovely design, you know, lovely style. And this is what we're going to, you know, yes, we built it exactly how we said we we're going to build it, but there was a lot of trust. So, you know, this is where my wife, Victoria, was absolutely fantastic, actually. Just, you know, selling the idea, getting people with us, on board with us, and actually seeing the vision, seeing the dream, and actually come be a part of that. So, yeah, we had to, we managed to sort of get uh, eight. When we opened on the 29th of June, we had um, eight units there, and we had then two two left over. And within a week, I think people then saw how busy we were, what we are offering. We had said what we would do as well. That was a big thing, you know, the trust. You know, there's a massive, massive trust element into into from what we were saying, you know, to actually creating it. And that was the really the nice thing about it as well, actually. They now very much trust us, you know, in there because it's their business, you know, it's their business, their independent businesses. You know, some have got two or three outlets, some have got the first one. You know, we want to, you know, create that nice environment where Benjard is actually one that it's 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 a little village on its own, but we're all mm-hmm. backing the same goal, same level of service, same you know, just experience we want to give to the, you know, our guests, you know, the public coming in to kind of enjoy Ben's Yard into what we're meant it to be. And that's been the good bit about it. But also we did have uh, Carter Jones come and help us out because we needed that sort of the contracts, you know, the legal, the length of terms and those things. So that element of the structure behind the deal, behind the agreement, behind the lease lengths and what they want and how you how you can structure that for their business and to ours. We were actually with Carter Jones, they, you know, they were behind that sort of things. But with the sales side, the letting side of actually, here's, this is what we're doing. Come and jump on board. Victoria is a massive, massive part of that. And I think it really sort of showed that she, she really believes in it. We all believe in it. 
but that passion came out and I think that convinced people to come people come and jump on jump on board with us yeah I think there's a, there's a few great messages which are coming through this already, uh, one of which is form a good team, which you clearly have, and uh, ask for help when, when you need to. And the second one, I suppose, is is once you've actually brought these together, you, you've created a family of businesses already that you seem to be all in it together. But that third one um, is the idea uh, that make sure that you follow through um, with what you've said you're going to do. Um, and clearly, that that seems to be um, that, that seems to be key for you. But let's uh, let's go back a bit and, and talk about the farm. Um, I always love love talking about farms. Um, so just uh, just to hear about uh, your more of your background in terms of the farming business, um, which might give us some more context as to why you diversified around it as well. I, I'm lucky enough, Ben, to be fifth generation. You know, I'm the fifth generation of a family farm. So all that said, you know, I'm very lucky. You know, I probably count myself as, you know, as one of the luckiest people in the world, really, to be where I am and what I do and, and my location. It's a business called Cole Ambrose. So we've been, we're just on the edge of the fence and it's been running since 1857. Um, I arrived back in 2008. I was a food buyer in London. Um, it's quite, you know, it's a traditional Finland farm, you know, growing cereal, sugar beet, onions, potatoes. And today, um, the farm is actually, you know, the farming business side is still very, you know, it's very similar. It's, we keep it in hand. You know, I, you know, we are lucky enough. We sort of, we've got fantastic, you know, guys on the farm, the workforce that I inherited from dad and grandfather. You know, these guys have been on the farm for 40, 45 years. You know, that experience is fantastic. You know, we can't lose that experience. So, so really in house, in hand farming is what we're doing. I've, I've de-risked a little bit. You know, so from, you know, the high cash crop, you know, potatoes, you know, those sort of things, you know, I'm not growing so many of those, you know, from there, but concentrating a lot on the environmental schemes, you know, and, you know, conservation is, is a massive thing for me. I enjoy it. I like to see it. I like to be able to sort of create an environment where it's a habitat for all of us, but also, you know, with the walks and opening up, you know, for the, for the public to see that, but also, you know, for our side of things, through environmental schemes, you know, through high level schemes and, you know, we've got all the new SFS, you know, FSIs coming through. So really being able to manage the potentially the areas where, where we can take out the these what we call 70% land, you know, where yields wise are not going to be so good, you know, those things and really focusing into those and where what we can create with that something. But and then we also sell Christmas trees, you know, that's oh, really? okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sort of when love did it, you, you know, when, I, when did you start that? I started about 10 years ago, you know, 10 years okay. ago, I thought, oh, let's, you know, we'll try it. We'll have 50 side on the side of the road. And actually, that was really good fun. And actually, I think that probably sparked the interest with the public, you know, dealing with the public, actually, because and selling a Christmas tree is always, you know, you've always got a happy customer because it's a fun time. Christmas building, you know, buying a Christmas tree is a fun experience. Uh, let's go to when you were setting up the business, let, let's sort of talk through that journey, um, starting from scratch right the way through from idea stage um, through to initial actions. Just take us back to the beginning in terms of what was on your to-do list, I suppose, and, and, and the process of, of setting the business up. I think we sort of we started the process. We, we started approaching people to help us out in about 2017. And so, you know, and this was, this was pre-COVID where everything was sort of going through and and the retail side of things was, you know, fairly level. But what we did was when we set out on the journey is we did a lot of touring around the country. You know, we did a lot of viewing, going, finding interesting businesses that we like to look off, you know, do a bit of, as, you know, as we all do, you know, not just from what they're selling and, and where they're 
destination is and what they're creating for the different parts, but also what the building looks like. Yeah. How attractive is it? How are people using it? You know, what's the flow like? What's the car park like? How many limbs have they got? You know, even down to the sort of detail of actually going, right, that's that really works well, that doesn't work well. And you know, and, and trying to piece together a a plan, a project that you know we take that we think what we want to provide with the planning side of things. You know, the planning. You know, a lot of people will resonate with this. It's not just a quick fix. You know, we are dealing with building a greenfield site. We're building retail in the countryside. You know, there was a lot of hoops to jump through. Which the local plans you know, and the council. That's not. They're not jumping up and down to say yes, yes, yes. We'll support that because. You know, high streets, we've got to look after the high streets, no sake. So there was a lot of persuading to say, we're not trying to take the high street on. We're, we're different. We're a destination. You know, high street is there for that reason. We are doing something different. You know, and that was really important. You know, we had to do a lot of assessment reports to prove that this is what we're doing and, and we sort of stick with it. But, you know, I think our biggest thing, um, our probably best thing was we went to a lot of research on finding the planning consultant. We, we found a chat and this is, I've never used it before, you know, and I think this is probably one of my biggest things of, if anyone asked me sort of a bit of advice or whatever, I would go, the planning consultant is, is a massive part of it. Obviously the architect as well, is it on a new build? Cause you want to look nice, but the planning consultant, but it's not just going to the local, you know, the, your consultant you've used before or, you know, or mum and dad have used for years and these things. You really got to go in and you've got to find the person who's got the experience not just in farm diversification, but actually got the experience in your local planning, you know, council. Does they, he or she know the planners that are going to be making decisions? You know, do they know the councillors? You know, what are they, what are the actual council looking for? Because every council is slightly different, you know, in their approach of what they want to achieve and see and, and develop as an area. So it's really understanding actually what's the area, what's the local plan, what's the council wanting to, see out of it and actually that is a really fascinating point you know and that is someone with experience can guide you it took us you know yeah near not quite a year but very nearly a year because there's a lot of negotiation but the first eight weeks sort of when it goes out to the you know the public you know consultation as it no one came back and put an objection you know there was no objections to it from the from the public so you know, okay, yeah, that must not, be almost unheard of with any planning I know, application. You know, okay, we're not going in trying to put ten thousand houses next door to the village, you know, but, but you know, we're trying. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a retail destination or village, so you know, fairly harmless in the grand, that's grand scheme of things. But the areas where we got stopped was actually the trying to prove that we weren't going to affect the local area, the high streets, you know, Ely, you know, where we are. There's, you know, there's another couple of market towns around us as well, and so trying to do a lot of work and negotiation regarding looking after them. You know, and I think that was the big hurdle. You know, design was where we, we, we came across a few projects that was design we like. And also we went, you know, the architects who've done that, you know, going back to the experience, you know, they've helped other businesses with what size of unit we can come up with all the ideas under the sun. But, you know, actually you go to the pro. This is what you need. This is, this is the space you need. This is the equipment they need to fit in. This is the power requirements. So, you know, you go there, you save the hell of a lot of time because. You've been told by a consultant who's done it before. You've been and visited their project they've been involved in. And you go, yeah, you know what you're talking about. And, and that was been probably the best things we do. Decent planning consultant, decent architect. Exactly. And when it comes to, uh, you, you mentioned uh, earlier on that uh, this was about bringing people along with you as well. So in terms of the PR marketing side during the build, really, um, what, what, was, what was your sort of, uh, campaign, I suppose, and so what was your approach to uh, to bringing bringing the public with you and, and ensuring that when you did open, 
you'd have a ready customer base. Yeah, I think it was. I think the marketing is, is obviously we all know it's, it's it's massively important, and it's only really take the project on that actually realize you know how important it is and how how important it is to get right. We took on obviously we were like I said before we were we we're trying to open in April, so we brought in a a. Uh, a, a PR company or marketing to guide us through, you know, where Victoria's was very good at, you know, what the vision of how we want it to look and come across, but also, but you need the professional touch. We haven't done it before. You know, we haven't, you know, run huge social media campaigns and those things. You, you, you need, you know, you need to let. So we went out and found someone who had, is doing the same sort of thing as, you know, they've done it for other people, you know, from that sort of thing. So yeah, we know they can do it. But that actually went on for six months because we were delayed by three months. You know, that campaign of, of course, three, we were sitting there, you know, there's, there's a lot of content to do. But I think we're pleased. We took our time. We carried on with it. And I think that really did give us the opportunity to, to get out a little bit further with what we were trying to, you know, trying to achieve, trying to provide for the area. You know, we want to be the go-to or a good destination that's within two hours away. And you look at East Anglia. You know, for us, so it's really a part of in East Anglian destination is where we want to be, but the local market is where we concentrate on. Luckily, it came out and went further and further afield. You know, and to opening day where we were very, very lucky that you know the marketing wise, hopefully we got majority were right and we were busy. You know, and I think that's people wanting to come and be, come and have a look, come and see what they keep on hearing about. You know, coming actually come and experience it for themselves. You know, we and we saw that journey. The journey has changed massively in the first three, you know, from the first three months to the second three months of what people are coming to do and and where people are coming from. You know, and how often they're coming back. But the first three months was a real eye opener of people coming out, coming, having a look, supporting us, which is great. You know, but they wanted to come and see what Benjamin was all about and what the what the noise has been. You know, which has been great. Uh, yeah, the name itself, um, Ben's Yard. Who's Ben? I like tradition. I like to keep it, you know, I'm lucky enough, fifth generation. Ben comes back to the first generation, so Cole Ambrose's farm foreman. So it was Ben. So back in the day, I suppose you're talking, you know, 1857 is when we started. So you were talking, you were talking we're horses, we're lots of men, we're manual labor, all those things. And I suppose the farm, or the farms, they're split down in sort of two, three hundred acre blocks. So, and the yard that we are now, but also developed, has always been called Ben's Yard. And so oh. back in the day, it would have been, go and find Ben, he'll give you a job at his yard. Right. And it's always been Ben's Yard. You know, we thought, yeah. be part of it. It's always been Ben's Yard. Don't change it. Just don't change yeah. it. And, and, and go with it and enjoy it. People know. Yeah. Really like that. Still still keeping that that tradition in. Um, mm. What about the, uh, the learning points for you, I suppose? Because, I mean, this is, uh, we say again and again, that definitely if you run a farm business, you're going to come up against all sorts of things. But this is very different in its own way. So how has it been for you personally in terms of new skill sets, new learning points? Yeah, no, this, is, this, this has been a massive, massive learning curve. The project just expanded out and it's, you know, there is a lot of elements to it. And we've had to learn seriously quickly. The biggest challenge was with the builders left on the 28th. We got building regs uh, sign off on the 28th, public 29th. So we're basically dealing. Wow. So basically, from the 20 up to the 28th of June, we were dealing building mode, you know, up down site manager, all those things. To literally the next day, wake up, right? Builders gone, public in. You know, it was tough. Yeah. It, it was running really on adrenaline really as well. I'm guessing. 
Yeah, and that that was so it was it was that was the interesting part of literally role reverse, build a gone public in, you know, and that was fascinating. But I think the process of whether there's a bit of repairs or you know do, you know redoing a building, those things, but actually the scale of the building. Okay, yeah, it's not so dissimilar because they're very similar. You know, it's there's there's fourteen units here total, and you're doing one unit to times it by fourteen. So you've got the same practicality, same foundation, sound. Yeah, say brick. So, but it was getting getting used to the size of it. But also, you know, with that the size, it's the cost. You know, and you're having to deal with the risk. You know, obviously you're going, you're building it. We're in it. We're committed. You know, and and you are going. Oh, right, here we go. This is, you know, this is this is cash flow straight out of the business. You know, okay, we've gone to the bank. You know, we've gone and got funding from the bank and those things. But it it, it changes the business dynamic. But also trying to keep the existing business running, you know, trying to keep the farm going, you know, and making that profit, but not taking your eyes off the ball. You know, I'm very lucky. I've got some fantastic guys around me that really, you know, they know what they're doing, but it's, you've got to still have eyes everywhere, you know, because you don't want to go and lose a whole lot of money on that side because you're taking your eye off the ball because you're going to, you're trying to do something else. So it was really getting the team around trusting people as well. You know, I think being a farmer trust is, you know, it's always, it's quite hard, you know, I'm in control, like to be, you know, all yep. those sort of things. So actually having to to trust people, you know, I think that was that was a big thing, you know, and, and I think it's you've got to realise very quickly if you made the wrong decision, change it quick. You know, I think you can't, you know, a year down the line when you're doing it, you know, you're going through with the accountant at the year, year end and going, oh, right, well, we shouldn't have done that. It's too late, obviously, way too late. So if, if you know you made, made, a, made a mistake, change it quickly. Rural Business Focus is brought to you from Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialise in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organisations and communities like you to tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast, but you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. Also, now I think the massive learning curve is actually how to deal with the public as well. You know, you're coming from that builders to the public, you know, and the public are fantastic. And we want to hear from the public because the public are they going to be honest in the way that, you know, if there are things that keep on cropping up, you know, we, we want to know if there's something not quite right or we can prove something or anything. But then it's on the other hand is ignoring the other social media comments, which just are there. They're very, and I took it quite personally to begin with, okay. not having experience. Of not having experience of, of social media, you know, as a, as I've used it privately, but I was, you know, you sort of sit there. I didn't post very much and those things, you know, not the importance of it, but how out there it is, how out there it is. And if people are not happy or, you know, they've had a bad experience, there's, they always come on, you know, really, you know, majority of it's really, really fantastic, you know, and 95% of it is people saying, yeah, really fantastic time, five stars. But, mm-hmm. but then you get the one star and you're actually going, hold on, why, what have we done? For that, yeah. you know, and you're thinking, no, 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 that's just not, you know, but, but it's not taking them personally enough. You know, you're always going to have people that you're never going to keep happy. You know, you're never going to 
please. There's always going to be something wrong. They've always got a different agenda or whatever. And, and, and so it's not taking them to heart. An event uh, that you have coming up this year, which listeners might be interested in, I'm certainly interested in this, the Ely Folk Festival, which you're hosting um, in July this year. Um, tell us more about this. And I mean, are you organising it directly? Are you outsourcing it? How's that working? Ely Folk Festival is a fantastic event. We've, we've hosted it. So we host it. We don't, we don't organise it ourselves. We host it, the Ely Folk Festival. Ely Folk Festival has been going on for a, for a you know, good few years. And it's, yeah. it's a fantastic event. But what we've done through our planning is we've got eight events we're allowed to we're allowed to host on the farm. So through the planning, when we got planning, so eight full scale events. And Ely Folk Festival, they were two years ago. No, they've been with us two years. Yeah, so three years ago, they were on another site, and that site then um, they didn't, they wanted to move location and those sort of things. And I went down three years ago to the Ely Folk Festival, and I went on a Saturday night. You know, and, and it, this is, this is, this is a really wholesome, fantastic event, you know, run by volunteers and they just want to have a really nice, happy environment. So I went down, I went down on Saturday night and I could not believe from the experience of my festival days where there's rubbish everywhere. This was Saturday <laughs> night. We had people in, you know, enjoying it for what it is, but it was clean. It was, it was a really clean sight. And I thought, hold on, these are the people we want, you know, in the end of the day, you know, this, this is great. And so when they were looking for our site, so I said, yeah, come down, come and have a look. You know, this is what, you know, this is what we can do. This is how we can create it. And this is where we can help it. But it's very much, they, Ely Folk Festival are running it. Their tickets on their website and those things. It's a really good value, you know, good value weekend. You know, it's up to 5,000 people. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good, wholesome, small to medium, uh, festival. And you can get everywhere. You know, you can do a camping, those things. You know, they even put buses onto Ely, you know, to go and go and go and enjoy Ely as it is is over the three days. But yeah, so, but we will help out as much as we can. You know, I think we're lucky enough, you know, things like JCB's, you know, forklifts, unloading, you know, helping move stuff, you know, we'll, we'll do all that sort of things. But yeah, we use Ely Focus as one of our main eight events, you know, throughout, throughout the year. I mean, it's still early days of the business, but it sounds like you've done a huge amount already. Um, but looking ahead, looking ahead to the next few years and maybe beyond, where do you want to be in, a, in the next few years? What do you want the business to be, I suppose? What do you want Ben's Yard to be in future? We are, we're six months old. We're six months old. You know, it's, it's a good, wholesome, we've, you know, head down two, three years. It's going to, you know, it's going to take two, three years to have Ben's Yard out there, people enjoying it, people knowing, you know, more and more, more and more people. Uh, knowing it, you know, and, and that's really important for us. But I think in the future, whether you're looking at five years or so, you know, so that medium, medium sort of 10 years, that long term thing, I'd like to see some more, more shops, more units, because we've got the infrastructure, like I touched on, you know, the infrastructure is there, you know, so that is, you know, half the planning is already, you know, planning of the physical planning of, you know, the infrastructure is there. I think the, we will need to go back to the council, obviously for planning, and that will be, that will be out of our hands. It's like all these things. You take a risk, you go to the planners, it's out of our hands, but hopefully we can persuade the council, the local area that actually we are a good thing. You know, we're a positive thing. You know, hopefully it's a, it's, it's another thing for Ely to have, to own, to contribute to, but also is another draw for people to come to Ely. You know, whether that's tourism or living or whatever, you know, those things. So hopefully we're seen as a positive. So from there, but you know, and the events, the events for us, you know, I think the events is great. You know, just being in and around those events, you see people coming for another reason to come to Benjar. 
you know, another reason to come and enjoy it, whether it's family or on your own or, you know, a different reason. And I think that's, that's been the really nice thing about it is actually seeing people use the farm, use the estate, use the business, use Benjar, you know, and, you know, because as far as a year ago, we're all, no one's allowed on, you know, really, really private and those things to actually completely extreme and going with it. That has been, that's been really, really quite exciting. It is very early days. You know, we have taken a big business risk. You know, so to speak, because we're building, you know, we've, had, we've gone back to the bank and we've, you know, asked to borrow some money and those things. So that brings a different feel to the business because, you know, we've got to be reporting every quarterly. You know, there's someone who comes in and you've got to explain things to, you know, those yeah. things. But, you know, we're very lucky with them. You know, we, we changed banks for it. And, you know, that's been, been an experience which, we, which is now part of us, part of the business. Do you want to take a risk? And that's what it comes down to. Do you have the appetite for it? And lucky Victoria and I had the appetite for it, went for it. And we're just so pleased to look back now, six months down the line, that we've done it. You know, and it's it's a huge undertaking and our work-life balance has changed dramatically. You know, and I think that's also the admiration from our wife Victoria now is actually having four kids. You know, that, you know, I had a huge, well, massive amount of respect and love, but actually to see what people are capable of, when you want to get behind it and enjoy it, really what you can do as a human being if you want to do it. And that has been, I'm really, really lucky to have a massively supporting but also very capable wife. So I'm, 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 I'm seriously lucky to have her and also being able to do what we're doing. Yeah. Well, that's super. I think that's a, that's a really nice point to end it on in terms of, yeah, I think when we go through this podcast as well and she's sort of reflecting on a wide variety of topics but yeah it, it's often it's the people behind us and that support network and, and doing things together build your team um then you'll you'll manage it through together alistair thank you so much for coming on it's been yeah a fascinating story and thank you apart from anything else for being so open um about about your journey um it's a, a young business and I wish you absolute all all the absolute success with it. Um it sounds very exciting. Um where do where, final question, I suppose, where do listeners go to find out more? I think um Benjard, Google it. Um I think with Benjard Ely on social media and those things, but you know, is that website's fantastic and you can pick up all the information up there. So benjard.co.uk. Thank you so much for coming on uh, and telling us about uh, the business. Um, listeners, if you would like to come on um, and tell us uh, about your business, um, yeah, please do. You can get in touch with me. Um, my email direct is ben um, at ruralpodmedia.co.uk. Just send me an email. Um, but thank you very much for listening. Huge thanks to my guest today, Alistair Morby. Next time, um, we'll be talking about taking one step at a time and how we decide what best next step to take really is. Uh, for now, though, I will leave you in the way that I leave you every episode, trying to do one thing this week that helps you progress and one thing that helps someone else. Keep focused and I will see you next time. Next time.